Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and as we continue our walk through this precious book, the book of Revelation, we're still in chapter one, but we're finishing up chapter one as we talk about the introduction of the unveiling of Jesus Christ. That's what the word apocalypsis means, and that's the Greek title for this book. Apocalypsis means the unveiling. Well, who's the unveiling about? It's going to be Jesus. It says it in the very opening words, the revelation of of Jesus Christ. And now we finish out this chapter with two very, very important verses that wrap up the thought and we move on. And it brings up mystery. It will bring up a mystery here. We have a mystery in front of us. You ever think about mysteries? You know, I can think of some in my life in things that, you know, I really don't know exactly how to figure them out or whatever happened or want to get a conclusion. Always been very mysterious. The uh, the time when we were, I was in elementary school and our family was in abject poverty because of the abandonment of my dad. My dad left my mom uh, in the 1960s, left her alone uh, for a mistress, and we six little elementary school zockles were all left uh, on our own devices under my single mom. And as best she could to bring uh, money into the house, we were just, the, the fact was we were very, very poor and we were starving, and the rent was being uh, paid uh, just hand and mouth, barely. And I can recall my mom talking. I overheard her talking with my oldest brother about the need for food in the house to feed us. The next morning when we got up, we found on the back porch, we lived in a rural part right outside of Hershey, Pennsylvania, and we looked in the back of our uh, little hut of a house that we had, And on there were just bushels of corn still on the cob and rhubarb. And we saw these and it was enough to take care of us for at least a week. And we were really stunned by this. And so guess what we had? We had corn on the cob and rhubarb for about a week. And it really took us through a very lean time till we were able to get some money into the household. We never did find out who did that. It was obviously a farmer from some uh, area but that blessing of a mystery. So mysteries don't all ha- always have to be scary or bad of the mystery. And I think of the great blessings of people that have been coming to my life and have offered things of blessing. I was in college, and when I came into college, having just been a Christian for about six months and came in and wanting to go to a Christian college and learn, and I had this decrepit Bible that I had, and the leaves were falling apart, but I kept it and I used it because I loved it so much and were taking notes in it, but the truth was it was falling apart the spine, but, but I didn't have any money to take care of it. And one day, about, oh, I'd say about 10 o'clock in the evening, there was a knock on my dorm door, and then somebody gestured over toward the lobby. There was a package with my name on it. And I went over there, and it was written in beautiful script, uh, my name. I opened it up, and there was a brand new Bible there. Gorgeous Bible. And calligraphy uh, was used on the inside to put my name down. And I was absolutely taken back. It was a wonderful Bible. I started asking around as to who might donate this, and I never did find out. As a matter of fact, one student told me, said, Brad, don't you think that they wanted this to remain a secret? And I said, you're absolutely right. 
And it was a wonderful mystery. We have mysteries that are just beautiful mysteries. And the many mysteries of God that we talk about on why he gave us so much love and why he would allow us to rule and reign in the earth under his guidance in the new earth of Revelation 21 are just mysteries that we'll just have to learn about whenever we get into eternity. Right here, the mystery comes up. There's something that's presented we just don't know about. Let me read the passage to you, and let's go into this, all right? Revelation chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. There is a command to write. He's been told to write before, and now he's reminded one more time. It might be that John was so shocked at what he was seeing, he would hold his writing utensil in his hand, poised above the parchment, not sure what to do in the gentle admonition you need to write now. Write, okay? So it says this, write the things which you have seen, the things which are and the things which will take place after this. Now, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars of the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Well, let's start with this, okay? Revelation, there is an explanation of some things and it needs to be written out for people to know in the future. Something's going on here that we've seen earlier that it go back up to verse 12 and John turns around and sees uh, the one in the midst of seven golden candlesticks. In the midst was one like the Son of Man, which is in Daniel, we know that's the term for the Messiah and it's brought up to here clothed with a garment down to the foot. We saw that wonderful description of him. Well, there's something here about the seven golden candlesticks. It's a mystery. And so the first thing is, well, now, John, what you're going to write is going to encapsulate so many eras. And so you need to write this down. So this will help us to understand how this book is written. Okay? When it says this, this is what you're to do, John. You're going to write these things of the past, okay, that is the things you have seen, the present, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. And that word is metatauta in the Greek, two words, actually a phrase, the, after these things, all right? The things which you have seen, you've just seen Jesus in his full glory. John, this is not the Jesus of the humiliation, the humble Jesus, the shepherd and the one who went to the cross of the Gospels. This is now Jesus in his full glory. You just saw this, John. You'll need to write this out. Then the things which are. Jesus is talking about what's going to happen with what's going on in the world right now. Revelation 2 and 3 will deal with this. The churches and what they're doing right now. There will be seven of them. We're going to read about them in the next chapters. They are in Asia, seven churches. And remember, Seven in numerology is the number of completeness. Then it says the things which will take place after this. John would be writing about these things and moving into the last days, okay? So when you think about it, here's the way it went. The first chapter is the things that John has already seen. That would cover the past. Now, the things which he or, that he will talk about now with the churches, uh, Thyatira, Laodicea, Sardis, Philadelphia, and the others. Well, that's happening right now. And these are conditions we can take and look at our church, our body of believers, and ourselves and say, this is what I'm doing right now. For good or bad, these things are happening right now. 
Then the things which will take place, well, that's when the door of the future is open. In Revelation chapter 4, John will step into heaven through a door. What a magnificent story. That will continue all the way through of the judgments on earth up to chapter 19. Then 20 will be the great white throne judgment there. People sent either in the presence of a loving God or away from his presence. And then chapter 21 and 22 is the new heaven and the new earth, which we look forward to and talking about it and also experiencing that. Now, we're going to see also the seven stars. Now, there are seven stars here, which you saw in my right hand, okay? The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. The seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches, all right? What is this supposed to be? You're getting Jesus giving these interpretations here, and so what are these here, all right? These churches had their own messenger. Angel is, and can be also interpreted as a messenger here. And each of these churches will be designated a messenger to take these words to him. Jesus has these messengers. He has them in his hand on here. Now, could this be that this is talking about, uh, some people will say, well, maybe these really were angels and they're delivering this message. And somebody says, well, no, Greek can also mean messenger. Could this be the pastor of the church receiving the letter? Could this be somebody that is a, an apostle sending these words out uh, over there in an apostolic way, I mean, you know, being a sent one out and sending these uh, on here? Well, when we look at this, we can see this uh, as we take a look at this. They are delivering the message, and so it's not so much to worry about the quality of the messenger as it is the message. There's a good principle here for us to remember. Many times there are people that will go on social media or they will go up on the platform of the church. I hate to call the term stage, but they'll go on the platform of the church and they will be in front of others and suddenly there comes the lure, the lust of being known. Celebrity, the messenger becomes very important. I think here we should follow the pattern of this. We really don't have to dwell deeply on whether this, the, this is represented by actual humans or these are angelic deliverers. You know, it's, that's not the point. The point is, what is the message that they're bringing? And that is what we want to concentrate on here, too, when we take a look at this. Um, when he's here, it's telling us this. What you have seen, the seven candlesticks, which you saw, are the seven churches. So when I look at this, you're going to see the, the messages that are coming up to the churches, the churches coming along here. Uh, we want to understand this is so important that Jesus is using his dominant hand recognized through the ages, his right hand, to hold the message and the messengers and saying this. This is a message, a powerful message that needs to go out to these and do we see the scripture that way? I, I hope we don't read Revelation like a comic book or an adventure story, some sort of a fictional novel uh, where the good guy wins. We want to see this as an admonition to keep the words, as it says in the first three verses of Revelation, and to do something about it. And to realize that there are people that need to hear this word and be warned of the impending doom of a rejecting Christ here too. That's why it says in Re Revelation chapter 19, Write these things, what you've seen, which was the things that are going on right now, and the things which will be hereafter. Well, isn't that the testimony of every Christian? 
I mean, how do you tell people about Christ? We tell them the way we were before Christ, the decision when we had made a decision to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, and then the future after that decision. What then happens then and how we have changed? We also use this when we're talking to people about their salvation. These things, like, for example, when the young lady that I was witnessing to uh, back in California, and she says, I've been such a sinner, such a sinner. And I said, Janine, that's the way you were. But right now, we're looking at this passage, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. God shows his love toward us in that while we are sinners, which you are freely saying you are, Christ died for us. And look at the future promise. And I'm thankful to say Janine made a decision for Christ that night. And she understood that. Past, present, and future is used in our uh, delivery of what is true in Christ. And it's also part of what's going on here uh, that we can take into heart too. What John has seen, he writes about. The conditions of what's going on, he wants to address too. And then the future promises and glory and justice of God in the future here. The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, the seven golden candlesticks, The stars are the messengers of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks, which you saw are the seven churches. And I find this fascinating as well. These candlesticks lift up, okay, it's the candlestick. They lift up the light. The light is lifted up. The candlestick is the church, okay? The lampstand, one translation says, the lampstand lifts up, all right? And in there, when you see that lifted up, that is signifying as the believers. They lift up the truth of Christ. They lift up the light of the world. They lift it up so that it might go into all corners of darkness in their community. And so we see this and we understand. You see, a lot of people will assume that they themselves are that light. No, they contain the light of Jesus. He's the one. And our assembly lifts up the truth of the light in there. May we never substitute it or change it around. Well, we're going to have Jesus as our lampstand because really we're the ones that deserve attention. No, humility is the first way to see all of this. And humility is the way that we understand how we're going to walk into the next couple of chapters as we start seeing the admonition for the churches to do their job, to do their ministry, and to follow the Lord. Okay, I see I'm out of time right now. We've finished up chapter one as we've talked about this great mystery. That word mystery is musterion. And I find it amazing when you look back into the breakdown of this Greek word, because it comes from a root word to keep your mouth shut. And it's talking about the secrets, okay? Keeping your mouth shut because it's a secret. Daniel received visions of the future. In Daniel chapter 8, verse 26, it said, this is going to be shut up. It's going to be sealed up. And then in verse in chapter 12, when he starts to pry it open by questions, and the, the answer is, go your way, Daniel. In other words, you go do your business. This is not for you. It's not time right now. But now we look in Revelation 1, and it's saying it's time. And so as we continue on, we understand the future is being opened up for us. Let's remember that as we continue our walk through Revelation. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. 
While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.